Yasas. Welcome to Greek Like Me, the podcast for Greeks, Hellenophiles, and anybody else who wants to wander in. I'm your host, Pamela Deodes Wood. Email us at stealthgreek at gmail.com to share comments, questions, and stories about Greeks, Greekness, or your own ethnic background. You can also find us on Facebook at Greek Like Me. Our Instagram is at Greek underscore like underscore me. My mother's recent tenure memorial got me thinking about the tough and eccentric woman who raised me and my brother and sister. The woman my sister called, She Who Must Be Obeyed. Rumpole of the Bailey's pet name for his wife on one of Ma's favorite TV shows. Ma never felt offended when my sister called her this. She seemed to find it fitting. Tsi is the Greek pronunciation of the English word. She, Tsi, who must be obeyed. Ma was the boss of everybody. And everybody seemed to bow to her imperiousness. Doctors, teachers, waiters, and strangers on the street. Ma had plenty of opinions she was willing to share with all and sundry, but she felt it was her job and her right to always be up in our business, probably even more than the average parent of her ethnic background. And she ran the household and her kids' lives as much as she could with an iron fist. We started rebelling pretty early, but carefully. When you're a kid, your mom is just your mom. You don't know she's insane or possibly Greek. Everything is normal to you because that's all you know. She's chasing us up and down the stairs, screaming threats in a foreign language, jettisoning slippers and swinging cooking implements while bazooki music shakes the windows and Ani's cross themselves muttering, Panayamo. But that's everybody's house, right? Then you start playing at your friends' houses around the age of five or so, your American friends and it's natural to compare. And even though I was born here in New Jersey and so was my mom and at least six of her cousins and her brother, the other kids were still called Americans. To differentiate them from the rest of us, Greeks, because you should be proud. Even as we call ourselves Americans, possess the passports, have multiple relatives who served in the US military, flew the flag on every 4th of July growing up, we were brought up differently. Okay. Let's circle back to the American kids we were talking about a moment ago. Circular thinking is very Greek and very ADHD. I can't decide if it's just that I'm both or if they really are one and the same. Playing at the other kids' houses, the American kids, I became fascinated by the cultural differences. The American moms were usually relatively soft-spoken, meaning even the few that yelled at their kids had nothing on my mother. The American moms seemed somewhat aware of their kids' feelings, or maybe appearances, rather than humiliate their children in front of their friends, or maybe humiliate themselves. They usually called them out of the room to ball them out. If they didn't take them out of the room, they would become stern-faced, scold a bit, enough to, to uh, intimidate the kid. I don't know, maybe they get clobbered later in private. It was uncomfortable to watch, but no comparison. If Ma was angry with me, not only did the kid I was playing with get an earful in a floor show, but everybody in the neighborhood knew I was in trouble. The next day I'd hear it from Mrs. Williams or Mrs. Teresiani down the street. Your mother works hard. Behave, why don't you? Yikes. If I was fresh, I would likely get smacked in front of my friend. Why shouldn't the kid know I wasn't getting away with anything? Then they'd know I had a mother who demanded respect. Sometimes Ma would smoothly present the kutala that had somehow appeared in her hand. But wait, we're in my bedroom upstairs. Does she walk around with big wooden spoons strapped to her leg? 
When we were out playing in the days before cell phones, we'd usually disappear for hours playing in other kids' backyards or the nearby playground. As the sun started to go down, you could hear the voices of the other kids' moms wafting over the breeze, calling their children home for dinner. Roger, Elizabeth. My ma had the big Greek mama voice that carried across state lines. I could be blocks away, and there it was, reverberating against the brick garden apartments across the street from our house, like her own personal amplifier, like she needed an amplifier. Pamela! I'd be halfway to the convenience store to buy milk, and she'd remember something else. And there it was, sounding like a foghorn warning ships away from the shore. Drivers swerved on the road. Dogs barked furiously. Pamela, get two sticks of butter! Everybody stared at the kid with the flaming red face, frozen mid-step. When the other mothers called, their kids sometimes pretended they didn't hear them and kept on playing. Those moms would have to call two or three times before my friends gave in and started for home. When my ma called, every kid in a 20-block radius froze and turned in the direction of Orange Road, the hair on their arms and on the backs of their necks sticking up, panic in their eyes. I have no doubt they at first felt compelled to follow me home rather than face the wrath of ma. And nobody made fun of me when I hightailed at home. The looks I got were pure sympathy and fear. Some of my friends had sweet, kindly moms, and some had passive-aggressive moms. You know the ones. They whisper or say something harsh or angry in a soft, sweet voice. Timmy, you don't want to make mom upset or there will be consequences. Mine was just aggressive-aggressive. So, you think you're special? You're not special. I almost died giving birth to you, and now you're trying to finish the job? I bet Roger doesn't treat his mother like garbage, do you, Roger? Usually punctuated with sharp smacks of the kutala. By now, Roger was halfway home, grateful his mom's idea of punishment was shaking her head and withholding dessert. This is why I love comedian Gus Constantelis. Constantly Gus on TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. Check him out. He's hilarious. He puts on that wig, picks up the kutala, puts on that resting Greek bitch face, and he's channeling my mother, disapproval and rage dripping from every pore, the downturned mouth daring you to step out of line. He scares me a little. But Ma would always ratchet it down in front of the American moms when she was angry with us. Like, she was American, but she knew she wasn't exactly acting like one in the conventional sense. So she sometimes switched gears when there were American witnesses. She softened her face relatively. She usually still clenched her teeth, only in a bright smile now. Terrifying. She lowered her speaking voice and spoke much more slowly than usual. Sometimes the other moms would later try to talk to her about how hard she was on us. We'd hear all about it after the fact and how the other moms felt sorry for us because she wasn't raising us to be disrespectful barbarians like their kids. She was less likely to haul off and clobber us in front of the American moms. I keep saying American moms because a Greek mom would have understood the need for discipline to make sure we didn't grow up like spoiled American kids who did drugs, drank, hitchhiked, and lied to their mothers. Instead, mom employed the pinch and twist method. Grab the meaty part of your kid's upper arm between your thumb and forefinger and twist. Wait, that's also aggressive aggressive, isn't it? The pinch wasn't always necessary unless we weren't paying attention or if she was really mad. If we were paying attention, ma's eyes were enough to command obedience. If you've ever watched the TV series, The Boys, Homelander's laser eyes is a wimpy version of my mother. 
let's just say one felt the sudden need to cooperate in order to avoid disintegration. Unless you were a little sister who would just yell, what? Startling even Ma. If she got the pinch, she wasn't wise enough to take the hint and suffer through it, but yelled, what are you pinching me for? Usually raising the eyebrows of whatever American Ma she was chatting with. Um, my brother and I didn't dare laugh because Ma's eyes were already turning toward us. Little sister would find out when we got home. Banaya. Being Greek meant Ma had an entire network at her disposal. I realize a lot of old neighborhoods were like this back when, but this was after back when. A lot of my friends and kids in the area were latchkey kids, and people were already minding their own busy lives and hesitant to get involved, or child services probably would have shown up regularly up about the high volume screaming. Yaya's house was five blocks away, conveniently situated near several major roads. Yaya was on the top floor. The second floor was her cousin and his young wife. Downstairs, Yaya's sister, the sister's husband, their daughter, and their granddaughter, who was a couple years older than my brother. Another of Ma's cousins was just two blocks away, near enough to the center of town in the grammar school. My godfather and his wife lived behind our grammar school, facing the playground. Then there were the other Greeks in town, diner owners, a few retired grocers, including my little sister's godparents, the grammar school librarian, and a couple of cops. But Ma's network didn't stop there. She grew up in a black and Italian neighborhood just east of our house. Her friends from the neighborhood grew up to be cops, firefighters, taxi drivers, and the moms of some of the kids I played with. It was very Lady in the Tramp. When my mother didn't know where we were, she'd howl out of the door and the call would be picked up and passed along by other moms across neighborhoods until someone would walk up to us and say, your mother's looking for you. If we were late getting home from school, the system would be activated. When Big Brother was in first grade, he wandered home with a schoolmate, forgetting to let Ma know where he was going. Within minutes, Montclair cops and firefighters were combing the streets while the ethnic mom network called the house of every kid he knew and the hospitals. I can't think of a lot of American moms who would resort to this 10 minutes after their kid was supposed to be home. What if the teacher kept him after school? What if he stopped at the playground to toss a ball around? American moms tend to worry about bothering people or making a fuss and tell themselves they're being silly while they wait a little bit longer. But if you were part of the Greek, Italian, African-American mom connection, the rules were a little different. And we couldn't get away with anything. If one of us got into a fight on the playground or was goofing around in the town center where everyone could see us, or if somebody we vaguely knew got fresh with a store owner, Ma knew about it before we got home. It was uncanny. And there were always consequences. Don't spit gum out on the sidewalk. Don't be seen with kids handling cigarettes. If you were a block away from a classmate you never had anything to do with, who dared to shoplift, she knew it. And you never played with any of those kids again, because if you did, she knew about that too. Once Big Brother, in his early teens by now, was hitchhiking on a main road one town over. Maybe he was trying to get to a friend's house or the local strip mall. I don't know. Hitchhiking was a big thing back then. But when he got home a couple of hours later, Ma was waiting with Kutala in hand. The wife of one of Yaya's cousins spotted him when she was driving home from work. She stopped at a payphone to call my mother. Hitchhiking? He was already over six inches taller than she was, but she was spry and she was mad. I don't think it likely stopped my brother from hitchhiking for long, but he probably waited until he was outside of the 20-mile radius of her influence. Did I feel different? When my friends were little, their mothers read Goodnight Moon and Madeline. We had lots of books. Ma loved reading, and she read everything and bought us every book we had an interest in, 
even if it meant haunting all the used book sales in town. And that was amazing. But the only book I actually remember her reading to me was a child's book of Greek mythology, which I loved. Unlike the Richard Scarry books my classmates shared, I wasn't allowed to pass it around at show and tell. And the other kids thought I was weird because of the beautiful drawings of Medusa with snakes for hair and Evrithiki, or Eurydice if you're English speaking, wandering through the fires of Hades. And the story of the son of Ilios, the sun god who drove the sun chariot too close to earth and was blasted off of it by Zeus's lightning bolt. My mother was surprised at the intellectual inferiority of my teachers, but not that of the American kids who thought books about cartoon animals were better than Greek mythology. She wasn't wrong. What kid today doesn't love Percy Jackson and the Olympians? The American parents told bedtime stories of apple picking at Granny's house and sledding trips and trips to cabins in the woods, much like the stories my American dad told us. Mom told stories of her dead brother visiting Yaya's sister when she was dying or about how as a child she was taken to funerals and lifted up and pushed into the casket to kiss the dead aunt or uncle goodbye, and how she had nightmares for years of black shrouded old women pushing open her closet door and trying to drag her in. If I'd been hanging my arm out of the car that day, my bedtime story was about a little boy who kept sticking his arm out of a car window against his long-suffering mother's pleas until another car drove by and knocked it off. If I was at a friend's house later than I should have been, there were stories of young children snatched off the street on their way home later than they'd promised and dropped down wells to starve. My mother creating her own mythology to teach us how to behave that had nothing to do with cartoon animals and their lessons about brushing teeth. I had a vivid imagination and sometimes woke up screaming during the night, visions of armless children or my dead uncle or the old ladies in the closet still fresh in my mind. Ma finally took me to a doctor to find out what was wrong with me. It must be those horrible children in the summer day camp for kindergartners, she told him, telling my poor child scary stories. She took me out of summer camp to protect me from them. She was confused when the nightmares continued. As we grew older, the difference between Ma and the American mothers became increasingly obvious. When you approach adolescence, everything your parents do embarrasses you. But Ma was extra. If a store clerk in the young adult department didn't want two people going into the changing room, my mother would first turn on the charm, and if that didn't work, because store policy, well, duck. You ever stand there center stage while your mother screamed at another grown woman, daring her to explain why she could not join her daughter who she gave birth to while she tried on those overpriced designer jeans? Did she have children? She must not, or she would not try to pry a child away from her mother, who was only trying to make sure that she would dress appropriately and not give uh, her any more cause for grief. People scream at store clerks all the time now. It's all over TikTok. They're called Karens for having no sense of decency or common courtesy. This was in the days before this became the norm. And Ma was not a Karen. She was flawlessly decent and famously courteous. But you don't try to prevent a Greek mother from joining her daughter in a department store dressing room. If the store clerk had told my mother she'd seen me cussing on a street corner and spitting gum onto the sidewalk, they would have had a nice sit down and shared confidences about the ingratitude and obstinance of children who weren't satisfied with almost killing you at birth. She bargained ruthlessly, not in department stores or supermarkets, although she wasn't above demanding to know if the fruit was at a discount because it looked terrible. Or that coupon that expired yesterday was still good, come on. And those slacks were so yesterday already. But in antique shops and boutiques, she was in her element and never paid full price. 
Many a day's shop owner watched Ma walk off satisfied with her bargains. The other mothers didn't do this. I would slink toward the other side of the store to hide behind the displays, only to have her bellow, Pamela! On the street was just as bad. If my mother was in a parking space, and she didn't drive, mind you, but if the car she was a passenger in was in a space, and someone else was impatiently waiting for it, they were out of luck until she finished. Once my parents drove us and a few of their friends to visit the Met Museum in Manhattan. We were parked in the garage under the museum, and when we were finished touring, we were ready for lunch. Marbert's homemade sandwiches, but it had gotten cloudy and it was too cold to go into the park for a planned picnic. Going home and ruining her plans was out of the question. So she passed out the sandwiches in the car and had a nice chat with her friends while impatient museum visitors honked and shook their fists at us. She waved back. I was mortified. The battle over parking spaces may seem normal now in a more divisive America, but who did that back then? Not normal people. She was annoyed that I was being so wimpy. We paid for the parking spot, we stay in the parking spot. Mom was so Greek that when I imitate her, half the time I give her an accent. She visited our church some years back. When I introduced her to a few people, she was her usual imperious self. One lady her age told Ma, your daughter is such a good person. Ma's response, it took a lot of hard work to make her that way. Like she'd spent my childhood reforming a born criminal. Both Greek-born and Americans at church were all convinced that she was from the motherland. Where was your mother born? They asked me the next time I saw them. Nork, I told them. New Jersey. No, they insisted. Where in Greece is she born? When did she come here? This is why I can kind of sort of relate to the children of immigrants. Growing up with Ma was at times mortifying, frustrating, and agonizing. Why was she so loud and intrusive? Why was she so hard on me? And why would she always have to be up in my business? Why couldn't she be like my mother's friends? Or my friend's mother's? But when my dad's elderly uncle and later an aunt had no place to go, they moved in with us to live out their days. When Ma's cousin had a fight with his new father-in-law, he moved in until they made peace. My husband and I moved in for a week with four cats when our house closing was delayed. If my friends were in crisis, there was always room for them, no questions asked. I felt differently at times growing up, especially when Ma hauled off in front of a friend or interfered in my love life. She was infuriating, but she was also always a safe port in a storm, and she handed down her love and her pride in her culture, for which I am forever grateful. Greek Like Me is a Stealth Greek production. This episode was written and narrated by me, your host, Pamela Davies Wood. Our producer, photographer, and post-production editor is Douglas John. Visit our website at stealthgreek.com for resources, photos, links, and more. Please rate, like, and subscribe. It helps us to get noticed so we can keep making content about Greeks and Greek culture. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Yasas. Yeah,